Welcome to this Martin Bailey Photography Podcast. Hello everyone, welcome to episode 27 of the Martin Bailey Photography Podcast. Following on from episodes 25 and 26, I'm going to show you some more images from a trip to Hokkaido from the 17th to the 20th of February 2006. This is the third of what I now know will eventually be a four-part photo journal of the trip. Today I'm going to talk about a two-hour trip out onto the Sea of Ohotsuku uh, from the Daosu port in which I shot a beautiful sunrise and hordes and hordes of stellar sea eagles and the white-tailed eagles um, that we also saw in the last episode. We also have a fair bit of housekeeping to do today, so please listen out for that at the end of the podcast. Okay, so another early start on the third day of the trip, leaving the hotel at 5am for the port of uh, Laos. Laos is a fishing village on the Shiritoko Peninsula uh, that you can see sticking out to the east of the island of Hokkaido. Uh, While we were waiting to find out if the boat would go out, I couldn't resist jumping off the bus and walking down to the water's edge to capture the first image I'd like to talk about today, uh, which is number 895. Remember that you can view the first image on your iPod, but uh, to view the rest, you'll need to view uh, them in iTunes, uh, and click through the images with the little arrows above the thumbnails, then clicking on the thumbnail itself to open them. Or you can go to my website at martinbaileyphotography.com uh, and enter the numbers that I give you, just like the one I just did now, uh, into the field under the podcast section on the top page or on the podcast page itself. Then you just click the orange button to to view the photograph. If you're at a computer, though, you're probably going to find that the best way to view the images is to find the episode in the table on the podcast page. Here you'll find all the links uh, and the thumbnails uh, to the images, which you can view in my gallery by clicking them. Note that I've changed the podcast page this week so that it opens the images in the same window instead of a new one as it has done so far. Uh, That's just so that you can use your browser's back button to return to the list. Anyway, getting back to the image number 895 of the fishing boat, uh, fishing boats in the now support. Here we see a number of boats moored in the port uh, with the lights shining brightly as they prepare to put out to sea. This was shot at 120 millimeters with my 100 to 400 millimeter f 4.5 to 5.6 l lens at 5:23 a.m. I selected an ISO of 800 as, as you can see, it's totally dark at this time of the morning. To ensure that the scene was not registered as bright as day as my camera would have liked, I exposed this uh, with minus one and two thirds of a stop which also stopped the lights on the boats from blowing out. This gave me a shutter speed of 1 80th of a second at f5. I could get away with f5 um, for this scene as the main subjects were quite a way off, Uh, so I didn't really need to worry about the depth of field too much, Uh, but I was pushing it with this shutter speed. 
I shot about four or five frames here though, and I think that only two of them were just a little soft. This one that I chose though was incredibly sharp, uh, so this is again a tribute to the 100 to 400 millimeter lenses image stabilizer. Either that or I was probably frozen solid uh, acting as a human tripod. Uh, it probably goes without saying though, but I, I really like the uh, the play of the lights on the frozen uh, surface of the sea, partially frozen surface of the sea in this image. Uh, that's one of the main reasons that I that I chose this to upload. The next shot, number 899, which I captured around 45 minutes later as we set out a little way to sea, has the mountains behind the village making a backdrop uh, for the scene of the fishing boats on their way out to, to the sea. It's not easy to see the boats well in the small web version, uh, but I, I think you can still appreciate the mountains. I was still exposure compensating to the tune of minus one stop as it was not yet bright enough for my camera to handle the situation properly. This gave me a shutter speed of one two hundredth of a second at f5.6. I was at uh, ISO 1600 now though, um, as you know, I was standing on a boat rocking around on the sea and needed a faster shutter speed to stop camera shake. One other thing you'll notice here if you know this part of the world is that there's no drift ice on the sea. Uh, apparently there'd been ice two days earlier, uh, but it had drifted away <laughs> out to sea. Uh, one plan uh, when we set out was that you know that we considered was to sail right out to sea to find some drift ice, uh, but none of the boats in the area had reported seeing any. So we decided to go out uh, a little further, um, just a little further, and shoot the imminent sunrise. This would also give us plenty of time to go back to the port where there were lots, there was lots of drift ice, uh, and we could then shoot the stellar sea eagles or the white-tailed eagles from there. So let's take a look at the imminent sunrise in the shot number 901. Uh, at 400mm I needed a faster shutter speed and although I now dropped the ISO to 400 uh, while looking at directly at the sun, um, low in the sky, the shutter speed was 1 500th of a second at f5.6. You'll notice a fair amount of grain in this shot for ISO 400 and to be honest I'm not really sure why this is, uh, probably just because of the lighting conditions. I thought uh, for a short while that we were going to see one of those wine glass shaped sunrises as the sun's aura started to extend up above it, as though reaching for the low cloud, uh, but it wasn't to be. This is just about as misshaped as the sun got. I still kind of like this though, and the gull flying to the right of the sun's disc adds a little interest uh, in a print of this. 30 minutes after the last shot, uh, which was captured at 6.19am by the way, the sun had rose considerably in the sky now, and once again uh, I put the gull silhouettes to use in shot number 904. Still at uh, ISO 400, the grain is now greatly reduced, uh, though the shutter speed was uh, now at 1,000th of a second at f8. I exposure compensated this too at minus two-thirds of a stop to ensure that the sun's disc didn't blow out. 
I was basically keeping my eye on the histogram as I shot, looking for the clipping warning, or the little white areas that flash black when they're close to or completely overexposed. This allowed me to make the clouds partially enshrouding the sun to come out a nice uh, dramatic dark colour as well, and keeping the colours in the shot uh, quite saturated. There are a number of other shots of this sunrise on my site too, so if you're interested, uh, click around on the film strip under the photos to see the others. After the sunrise, we headed back into the port to shoot the eagles I mentioned earlier. Again, there are loads of shots uh, from this location on my website, uh, so I urge you to click around if you have time. The first one I want to talk about uh, today is more of a documentary shot that I want to use to explain how we get the chance to shoot so many eagles here in Laos. Take a look at uh, shot number 914, uh, in which you'll see three Stellar's sea eagles standing on the drift ice eating fish scraps. The boat is basically chartered by photographers for the sole purpose of photographing the sunrise and the eagles, and they take a number of plastic trays full of fish and squid scraps out with us uh, and throw it out onto the ice. This attracts literally hundreds of eagles and gulls that gorge on this uh, free feast. I recall, actually, that when I came here in February 2004... I was standing near the front of the boat uh, from where the captain was throwing fish from the plastic tray uh, out onto the ice. And I, it wasn't until I got back into the bus after the trip that I realised that as he'd swung the fish backwards to gain momentum before throwing it out, he'd been splashing oily fish juices on my nice new Gore-Tex down jacket. And it stunk. <laughs> so I, I recall uh, frantically wiping it off with tissues when I got on the bus. And I remember getting a whiff of that a number of times after that as well in the remaining days of the tour. Uh, a little bit disappointing, but I, I got some good shots, so it made up for it. Anyway, now that uh, we have lots of eagles in the area, there are many like the, the three in the last shot where the eagles are standing on the ice eating their scraps. Uh, in fact, I didn't know this, but I heard recently that eagles can't eat in flight. Uh, hawks can eat on the wing, apparently, uh, but eagles have to land and eat like these guys were in the last shot, uh, with the prey held in place uh, with their talons. So anyway, uh, the first few eagle shots from the boat that I uploaded were captured with the 100-400mm lens, and... Thinking that I'd probably gotten a few decent shots, I decided to try my luck with the 600mm f4 lens. After all, I'd had it hanging from my shoulder since leaving the port, and it was starting to feel really heavy. There's no way that you can handhold uh, this lens, so I'd brought a monopod with me onto the boat. I mounted the lens onto the monopod and started shooting. This first shot made with the 600mm lens at f5.6 for 1 200th of a second and I used a an ISO of 400. I was getting many more soft or just totally blurred images shooting with the 600mm lens at slower speeds uh, than would be advisable for this focal length and I've not really used my monopod uh, with this lens until now but I got enough really sharp images to have made switching worthwhile. 
So in addition to the shots of eagles on the ice, there are lots of aerial shots to be captured too. Let's take a look at shot number 907, which was actually made with the 100-400mm lens. I'm talking about these two shots in reverse order because I wanted to show you the eagles eating from the ice uh, before I showed you this one, uh, which shows two juvenile Stellar's sea eagles fighting it out over a fish head and in fact dropping it, meaning that it was, ne- uh, that, you know, that neither of them ate it. It's quite common to see these birds battling it out in midair over their meal, uh, but I was pleased to actually capture them dropping their scraps here, and also with the red sky of the sunrise in the background uh, adding to the drama. This was shot at f5.6 for uh, 800th of a second at ISO 400. So now it's back to the 600mm f4 lens for shot number 919, which is a bit of a fluke shot. I had the white-tailed eagle on the right in the frame uh, and then saw that it was about to take flight and so I started to shoot. And as I did, a juvenile Stellar sea eagle came in and took the white-tail's place on the ice. I didn't get the entire bird in the shot, uh, but it shows them changing place as well, I think, and adds to the feeling of movement as the second bird enters the frame. I was again using the shutter speed of 800th of a second here at five, uh, f5.6, but now I was shooting at ISO 800 as it once again had started snowing, and so the light was pretty low. I find this next shot a little comical. Uh, Take a look at shot number 922, which I've titled Sent to Coventry. It looks as though the three stellar seagulls on the large chunk of drift ice in back are talking about the lone eagle in the foreground, as if he's been sent to Coventry, or driven out of the group. Uh, I shot this again uh, at ISO 800 for uh, 800th of a second, uh, but now at F8. Uh, I was trying to get a little bit of depth of field. Uh, F8 still doesn't give a lot of depth of field with this lens, but I wanted to be able to uh, at least let you make out the guys in the background there um, as though they're talking about this proud eagle in the foreground. There's one last thing uh, that I wanted to tell you uh, before we move on from all of these eagle shots. The captain of the boat from which we were shooting uh, stops its engines every so often to allow you to shoot without the vibration that the engine causes. Uh, However, these times are not long and only few. This is not such a big problem when shooting handheld and probably less of a problem than trying to keep uh, your horizon straight from a rocking boat deck. Uh, However, as... I mentioned earlier I was using a monopod all the time while shooting with my 600mm lens. The monopod would, of course, transfer all of the vibration of the boat's engines to the lens uh, and pretty much, without doubt, ruin all of your shots, uh, not to mention possibly even shaking some screws loose inside the lens. So what I did was to rest the monopod's foot on my right boot. My big warm boots have a large rubber toe area and it made an an excellent damper to protect my lens and my shots from the vibration. This does uh, add an extra thing to worry about, um, as I had to change my footing every so often as the boat rocked, 
this was not so stressful though, uh, and it, it definitely helped me to get some great sharp shots. So I'd recommend this method of shooting to anyone in similar situations. Just drop the the monopod, the foot of the monopod, onto your boot or your shoe, uh, and let it act as a cushion. Oh, and yes, uh, well, I said one last thing before moving on, uh, but I just thought of one more. Make sure that you keep the strap of your lens or your camera around your neck at all times while on a boat like this. Uh, it would be a crying shame if you were to topple a little or you know, you rock and then you lose your balance and then all of your equipment uh, goes into the icy waters below. So, having shown you eagle shots last week as well, I think we're all just about eagled out now. So, let's talk about a few other things before wrapping up uh, for today. Take a look at shot number 923, in which you can see a whole load of ice pillars or stalagmites, uh, with a few stalactites hanging down uh, too. This shot is the interior of a cave that in the summer is home to the Hikarigoke, or the luminous moss. I've never seen the luminous moss in the summer, but it's supposed to shine in lots of different colours. It dies off in the winter though, and these ice pillars take its place. For this somewhat abstract shot, I'd close down my aperture a little to f9 to get a little bit more depth of field with my 100-400mm lens. The exposure was uh, half a second, so you can probably appreciate that it was pretty dim in this cave. It would detract from the strange beauty of these ice pillars uh, to shoot them so dimly, though, so I gave the image plenty of light to do them justice. After this, we drove for a few hours through the afternoon, arriving in the town of Utoro at around 2.30pm. As we drove into town, there were lots of deer at the side of the roads, which we stopped and shot from the bus windows a number of times. And then as we continued to drive along the coast, we spotted the guys in shot number 925. They were diving in gaps between the drift ice in the sea. I'd never seen this before. Uh, We did see a number of other groups doing this uh, as we drove further along the coast. I chose this shot uh, to upload as they gave us some big smiles and waved when they saw a bunch of camera lenses sticking out of our bus. Uh, Actually, when you look at this photo at 100%, some of these guys' faces look pretty cold as they're seemingly forcing a smile, but most of them simply seem to be naturally smiling, uh, which I found amazing while diving in in a frozen sea. After this, we headed to the Shiritoko Nature Center, and I got some great shots of the Hokkaido or Ezo deer. But as we're already at 10 shots for today, I'm going to leave talking about that until next week, which will be the final part of this photo journal. Let's take a look at one last shot that I made after visiting the Nature Center, which is shot number 933. This is looking down on the Utoro Bay from the Puyuni Promontory. Uh, We'd come here hoping to get a nice sunset over the sea, but it wasn't to be. Um, You know, it's the typical Hokkaido winter skies. Uh, But as the rest of the group started heading back to the bus, there was just a little colour in the sky, and I chose to use this to set off the unfrozen part of the sea in this shot against the drift ice uh, that was packed up against the shore here in Utoro. 
Utoro is, by the way, on the other side of the Shiritoko Peninsula, as we saw in the shot, uh, the earlier shots of the guys diving. Um, Utoro did this this year at this point have a fair amount of drift ice, not as spectacular as most years though, uh, but it still made for some different images at least. So with the sun going down, let's call it a day uh, for looking at the photos, but remember that I have some housekeeping after this, so please stay tuned. So first of all, it's a new month, so please drop by Podcast Alley to vote for this podcast if you like it. This will help to keep the show in the public eye, and obviously the more interest we can generate, the more time I'll invest in creating it. There's also a place uh, that you can submit your vote from on my podcast page. Next, uh, the winner of the Martin Bailey Photography Active Member Prize for February was Keith Guthrie from the UK. Uh, Keith has already chosen his print, which is number 528, if you want to take a look. I've also posted a link tonight in the announcement forum for you to take a look at. Uh, Although we're probably going to stop this uh, active member prize soon in favour of making the the original print the prize for a photography assignment, uh, probably uh, starting from April, uh, at least for March, uh, you will still be able to have been with a chance of winning this prize. Uh, As I say, an original print of any of my images uh, on my website uh, all you need to do to be in with a chance is to post in the forum at least once during this month. That's all. Okay, and uh, next up, uh, I'll be talking about this for the next couple of months, but I've started a survey of listeners, and it would be excellent if you could take five to ten minutes to complete the online survey. It will help me to learn more about you and hopefully lead me to finding a sponsor for this podcast. It doesn't matter how long uh, you've been a listener or how frequently you listen. Uh, It can be the first time. If you've got uh, five to ten minutes, there's a small link to the survey on my top page and a larger link on my podcast page at my website at www.martinbaileyphotography.com. It's totally anonymous and it really does only take five to ten minutes. Thanks in advance. And finally, I've updated the podcast page to give you a number of different ways uh, to display the episodes. From now on, by default, only the last 12 episodes will be um, visible when you first access the page. If you want to view the entire archive, click on the link in the index or under each episode in the table uh, that says Display text index of all podcasts to date and latest episode Uh, and basically as the link says this will display all the podcasts to date and just the very last episode Uh, there's another link to display all episodes in index and one big table this is pretty much uh, the same as the page that we've we've had to date Um, but i don't i just i think uh it's just going to save on downloads, uh, both the download time for you waiting for the page to load and the amount of data being downloaded for the full table. And now that we have, you know, with today's podcast, it's going to be 27 episodes. And obviously that's going up one per week. So 
the default will be now just 12 but you still have the option to display the entire page and one other new change is uh, that now when you select an episode from the index it will jump directly to that episode and not display any other episodes in the table uh, so it'll basically whittle it down to just the one that you're interested in the index remains though and you still have the links to change how to display the index uh, so you know you can just you know flick around in there and just basically navigate uh, probably I, I believe a little easier than it has been so far uh, you can also click on a link to ref return to the default view um, which is going to be as I say the last 12 episodes finally there's a U, uh, URL box um, in it's a field sorry another box at the bottom of the details for each episode that will allow you to copy a link to that uh, episode you know, so that you can just jump directly to it from any from an email or something, you know, just in case you want to email all of your friends and relatives and you know, next door neighbor and just about anybody uh, to tell them about this podcast. Nudge, nudge. So that's it for this week. Um, finally, I hope you have a great week. Keep on shooting and I'll speak to you again next week. Bye bye. <music>